Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham and today we are live, live on Facebook and on YouTube. We are doing our end of year review with me of course is the very fantastic Jojo hello Jojo how did you Graham how's life uh life is good life is good <laughs> we are for the first time going live and this is so exciting hello Facebook hello <laughs> YouTube we are on we are on so how do you do with you Jojo it's it's going i've got some mouthy dogs today so uh <laughs> if uh, the facebook and youtube world here's my my barking little monsters that's, that's yes sorry. yes oh man <laughs> them chihuahuas they are active today uh any mailman any you know neighbors doing whatever they do outside they are going to be there telling them off. <laughs> telling them exactly either not to do it or how to do it, one or the other. I'm not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it at your house because this is my house. Yes, exactly. Uh, so today is, a, is an in- interesting thing because we are uh, reviewing this year that I still haven't found the correct adjective to to put to it uh, how would you describe this year Jojo? <laughs> 2020 has been a, a very um unprecedented year i guess it's not been uh it's been unprecedented in some good ways and some bad ways and uh i think uh, that's the adjective i would use it's 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 been a year <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we, we could uh, we could all do with unprecedented. Unprecedented <laughs> is what we we are going to stick with in it. So, just so you know, we are going to be possibly joined later by our fellow podcaster, uh, podcasters, the Tucker Brothers, and uh, they too will be reviewing the year with us. But for now, you got me, you got Jojo, and uh, if you have never, if you don't follow us on Instagram. If you've never wandered into our YouTube channel, this is what we look we look like. <laughs> so let me show you. This is me, and now this is Jojo. There we go. <laughs> you know the first the first uh, video we did back then early this year. Someone told me so. That's what Jocelyn looks like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know. Whatever you thought it was, that's yeah. That's what. You <laughs> Sorry for the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 2020 has been everything, including interesting, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. It's been interesting because it put us through some stuff that we never expected to see in our lifetime. And it, it, it taught us a lot about, about ourselves. It taught us that we are resilient, if you will. But at the same time, 
there there's a few people that can't go through some shit in it. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And it's interesting the um the amount or, or the differences in the shit that we are able to go through, you know, of course people are all different, but it's like for some people, Oh, you know, self-isolation is a breeze. That's fine. And there's other people that are losing their mind over that. I can't go out. What are you talking about? So <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. The, the, the differences in human nature. Yes. Yes. The, the whole idea of, you know, comparing protection, I wonder if the same people who have the the opinion of a mask is if infringement upon my liberty. I wonder if they have the same the same thought on I don't know using condom or, or any sort of protection. I'm again, like that's a good thought. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it might it might be you know like uh, that's 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 a part of my uh, liberty as well. I mean I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you know you have to you have to ask yourself that question because come on. You know, because the the idea of using a mask, obviously, is not only to protect yourself, which is true, but also to protect others. So in the case that you were okay, if you thought, oh, I, I don't have nothing to protect myself against, well, you can't be that self-indulgent to think that you might not be contagious <laughs> that you don't need to protect the people around you from yourself, is it? Like, I, I just don't understand. Well, I, I actually have heard people use a similar argument and, and on a much less um, important scale, but a similar argument when it comes to using deodorant. Um, oh, wow. I, you know, so it's like, you know, I can't smell myself, and so therefore I must I must smell fine, so there's no reason for me to worry about you know, the social norms of whatever. And I, you know, if you, if you have a, uh, an allergy or something like that to deodorant, okay, that's fine, whatever. But bathing is also an important part of that. And the, the, those, those <laughs> kinds of folks would also kind of be like, yeah, I, I don't need to bathe either because, you know, my body is its own natural ecosystem and whatever, whatever. But it's like, no, this is, this is, so we, we, this isn't, you know, a several hundred years ago, it's, it's socially sort of mandated now that we, we need to bathe and wear deodorant. So silly comparison, but at the same time, I, I, those people that I've spoken with and, and smelled, um, you know, kind of the same sort of, it's, it's my body, it's my freedom. So I don't know. Yeah, I would, I, I would actually make the argument that thanks to bathing at least once on a daily basis, we have sort of like avoided uh, a certain amount of pandemics. <laughs> and, I would agree, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, so here's the thing. You, this particular pandemic that we're going through right now has a lot to do also with personal hygiene, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, although taking a shower or bathing on a daily basis became the norm, mostly you had a lot of people who were quite not really, uh, 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 how should I say, faithful to the whole hand-washing thing, true. right? Uh, you Very have the true. ones that, you know, went to the bathroom and then flicker their hands under the, 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 running, <laughs> the running water and thought, yeah, my hands are washed. Yeah. And now we have a, we, we found ourselves in a pandemic where the main thing you have to do because social distancing became part of it a little bit later because we realized, okay, well, you're sneezing, you, you're contagious, whatever. 
But the main thing you had to do to keep yourself from getting this shit was to wash your damn hands and right. wash your dams as often as you could. Right. So there's that. <laughs> right. Right. But, and there, there are people that uh, will fight back against that too. I, I read a whole article in Slate magazine about a, a, a woman who refused to wash her hands. She said she hadn't washed her hands in something like 10 years, except when she showered because it would age your hands. It would prematurely age your hands washing them. And she didn't want to get like the liver what? spots and the age spots on the back of her hands, which I, I don't know. Um, I don't, Why? I can't quite, I can't quite comprehend the level of that selfishness. So <laughs> no, no, she, she, it was a whole, like, I, I've literally not washed my hands except when I bathe in, in like a decade. And she's like, and she kept talking about how beautiful her hands were and how ugly everyone else's hands were. And I just thought that was so, I don't know. That was a, le- a whole different level of, of, of bubble selfishness than I'd heard before. But, but she also saw it as an assault upon her, her freedom to, to be told to wash her hands because uh, how dare you? It's part of my beauty routine to not clean myself. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is a bit too much for me. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get these things started. And I think we should start by telling folks what reviewing the year uh, yes. looks like to us. As you know, we are a podcast that will review things that we've watched on streaming, specifically on streaming networks, on streaming uh, platforms, YouTube, uh, I mean, uh, Hulu, Netflix, HBO Max, you know, uh, uh, Disney, Amazon Prime or whatever. So we've done that throughout the year. And of course, we doesn't mean that we get to everything because Jocelyn and I don't necessarily watch what everybody else is watching uh, because that's the point. We want to find those shows that are slightly obscure and uh, sort of like flying under the radar. Is that what you would describe it, Jojo? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not quite as popular as as everything. Not that we don't talk about popular things, but we do try to call attention to things that that we feel might not have had as much attention called to them as we feel that they should have. Of course, we're not movie critics or anything like that. We don't claim to be. We don't want to be. We just do this for fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think this is also a disclaimer that deserves to be to be said, we are not movie critics. We we're just here for the fun. Yeah. So <laughs> we have gathered a list of what we think were our favorite, uh, but also some of the most important things we watched this year on streaming. And some of them we didn't watch, but we know that they played a major part in water cooler is that how would you say water cooler thing water cooler uh, gossip right <laughs> so so that's what that's what we've done and so we have got we are going to start with our top 10 right and we will tell you why we selected those and yeah we hope you you like it we hope you agree If we are later joined by Tucker Brothers, then we will catch up with them on what they think, you know, their top 10. 
But for now, you got me. You got Jojo. So Jojo, would you please take it away with number 10? So number 10 is something we talked about. Uh, you haven't actually watched it, I don't believe, as of the last time we spoke. But it was a incredibly popular series for a brief moment in time. Um, and I think that was because of the brief moment in time that it was introduced to us, which uh, the show I'm talking about is Tiger King, uh, which is on Netflix and uh, chronicles the story of Joe Exotic and his awful zoo and Carol Baskin. <laughs> and awful zoo. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the kind of the, just the weird juxtaposition of worlds and it was just it was very salacious it was very entertaining and i think it was something that since it sort of happened at the beginning of isolation and quarantine it was might have been the first show that a lot of people binge watched ever so uh, i think it kind of sums up a, a lot of 2020 maybe not all of the good parts but uh, <laughs> we, we did get a lot of enjoyment out of it it did make a lot of people laugh so uh so yeah, Tiger King, number 10. I swear to God, uh, Tiger King kind of surprised me in a lot of ways. But for some reason, I didn't know what Tiger King was until I started seeing all the memes on Instagram. Yes. And, and when I sort of like figured out what it was, I didn't think that it was something from the United States because when uh, when I looked at, pictures of Joe Exotic. I'm like, this <laughs> gotta be some dude all the way up there down in 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 in, in Australia or New Zealand. Cause you know, that's what I thought, you know. Yep. But then I realized, oh, so this is here. <laughs> this is here. This is and and yes. then I started doing some reading about Joe Exotic and I'm like, what? What? Dude had run for office as a Republican. Yes. What, uh, what, how many husbands? I think there was three husbands. Three some, husbands. Some of them at the same time, I believe. That's at least, at, at least two at the same time. I, I, I know one was very tragically and accidentally killed. Oh, but, wow. but yeah, I think it's. I know it was, I think two were at the same time. It's been a while since I, it was at the beginning of the pandemic since I watched the show. So, um, yeah. So, so the whole, the fact that Tiger King became a thing at the beginning of the year, if you will, what does that, what does that say to you as the year we were about to have? <laughs> well, I think it definitely speaks to the, the more bonkers side of 2020. I'm also going to say, I think it speaks perhaps to the hopefulness a lot of people felt at the beginning of the pandemic, because the show as, as crazy as it is, as, as wild and out there as it is, it does have a sort of thread of hope running through the whole thing, like of, of optimism, because Joe Exotic as Bizarre, uh, an individual as he is, it just comes across as a total optimist uh, at all times. And uh, I think that that was maybe a lot of folks feeling at the beginning of this, oh, it's going to be crazy and wacky for a while, but at the end of it, it's it's all going to be all right. So I don't know. I feel like at the beginning of it, that spoke to, uh, spoke to maybe our, our optimism that may or may not have been misguided. And then boom, it just went 
completely crazy from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So who, who would you say became actually more of a thing that ingrained in the American consciousness, Carol Baskin or Joe Exotic? Because Carol Baskin, like, sort of, like, made the news for all the wrong reasons, even though I feel like Joe Exotic was just sort of like the butt of the jokes most of the time. But yeah. uh, Carol Baskin, in a more serious way, became kind of, kind of like bad news, isn't it? Yeah, I Carol Baskin, you know, this, the series is not supposed to be about her, really, and except for her sort of disgust of Joe Exotic and their his true and pure hatred of her and their rivalry and their their constant fighting and butting of heads. So um, I, I feel like kind of Joe Exotic came out of this, I mean, I know he's in prison, but it, cleaner than Carol Baskin did because people really hate her. Um, yeah. Without having met her, and are convinced that she killed her husband, which I'm I'm not going to comment on either way. I just find it fascinating that you know you have. Ah, come on, Jenny. We 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 have to know what you think. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'd she like made, to know what you think. I, she made some very strange comments, but I also know how things can be edited to appear certain ways and can be taken out of context. But I mean. Supposedly, she, well, there's no supposedly, her husband did disappear. She has a missing husband. Right, right. Who left all of his money to her, and it was quite a substantial amount of money. And there is a point in the show where she comments, oh, if I wanted to get rid of a body, I would just, I would cover it in something that the tigers like, which is sardine oil. And it was just like, what? <laughs> why whoa, would, why, whoa, why would I'm you, sorry. why would you even say that? To me, that was like, I don't know, like one of those slips that people supposedly make sometimes when they're just talking. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was odd to me. So um, in the case of, I know that her husband led a, a dangerous life, kind of a high risk uh, life, but I, he was involved with some bad people, but at the same time, you know, it's quite often the person who has the most gain by someone's death that is yeah, going to yeah. do away for with them if if yeah. they've been murdered so she definitely had the most to gain so i don't know <clears throat> i hate to say that because i know so much of the stuff about her has been fueled by the fact that she uh, is female and you know misogyny yes. and all that fun stuff yes so i do think in some cases she kind of got handed a raw deal because I, joe exotic is is not a nice person he isn't a good person and a lot of people <laughs> believe that he is so i'm not saying that she is i don't know the lady at all but i i am a little uncomfortable just saying oh yeah she definitely killed her husband that bitch down in carol baskin that bitch in down in florida carol baskin definitely killed her husband so i don't i don't know who knows but she yeah she probably did <laughs> So let me ask you this. When Joe Exotic referred to her as down in Florida, where where is it that, where was Joe Exotic located? Like, how, why, why, is, why does he refer to her as down in Florida? I believe that he's located either in Missouri or Arkansas. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I have to finally get on to watch this show because <laughs> uh, I feel like now I'm missing out on something. And plus... I want to uh, 
arrive to my own conclusion as to whether or not Karen Bas- Carol Baskin did her husband yeah. <laughs> the way people are suggesting it. Yeah, and it's it's a very entertaining show. It's one of those things that I actually put on the first episode as just a joke to myself. Like, yeah, everybody's talking about Tiger King. This is <laughs> this is dumb, and then I and then I was hooked. So. All right, so there you have it. Our number 10 for this year on our top 10 is Tiger King, as explained to you by Jocelyn. So we are going to move on to another show that will be our number nine. Here is the thing. I am behind on that, and that's on me, because I know this is a very interesting show. This is also a show that, Jocelyn will be the first to tell you that is not incredibly substantive, to be honest, but it's a very popular show and everybody loves the main character of the show. Jojo, would you also do us the honor of telling us what show I'm talking about on our number nine? So number nine would be The Mandalorian. 2020 saw the the second season of The Mandalorian come out. And uh, kind of as much as a phenomena as the first season was, I think the second season came in just as strong and just as uh, growth. You got to see growth in the in the characters. And even though it is formulaic in the sense that it is a space Western and it is set in the Star Wars universe. So you know that there's going to be particular themes and, and characters that are going to come along. It's very, very entertaining. It's very well written. The production values are very high. And uh, I think that, you know, everybody knows about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian and the helmet. And even if you haven't seen the show, I think almost everybody knows the image of, of Baby Yoda. Uh, so I think this was important for 2020, uh, even though it came at the last of it and the last episode just aired. I think it was important to the year just because it, it gave everybody something to look forward to. We we saw the end of the, the first uh, season when things I think we were just starting to get a hint of things going south in terms of the pandemic and other things. And uh, then the the second season coming towards the, you know, sort of the, maybe some light at the end of the tunnel. So um, I think it was a good bookend to the year. So I suppose my question to you is, shall we, should we actually play the, the spoiler and tell people, well, we know that baby Yoda's name (laughs) has been revealed and surprise, it's not Baby Yoda, is it? It's not Baby Yoda, no. I, I was hoping for, uh, let's see, what was the internet hoping for? It was uh, Baba Yo. So, Baba Yo. <laughs> it sounds very Star, uh, Star Warsian, you know, like it, it, it's it's plausible. But, uh, Baby but, Yoda, Baba Yo. Baba Yo. Um, kind of <laughs> rolls off the tongue. But his his, his name is, is not Baby Yoda, and he's not just the child or the kid. He's uh, Grogu, so... Grogu. I actually like the name. Yeah. It's, it's actually as Star Wars, you know, as you would go, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it, they went in a completely different direction with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So The Mandalorian, um, as chosen by Jojo, is our number nine. 
I think we are nearing the time where we'll be joined by our brothers from Talker Brothers. Yay! So at any time now, they should be with us. But we are going to continue with our number eight. So let's see. This show that we chose for number eight is also another one that I think I described it not too long ago as a, a comedic version of The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to have sort of like a strong accord with you in a positive way when I said that, Jojo. Was yeah. that as accurate as I thought it was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think that was a, a really good summation of the show. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I, I, I loved Upload because it was a very lighthearted show. And, but it, it sort of like touched on a lot of, realities that you would you would never expect could be translated in the world of artificial intelligence and artificial consciousness and all of these things and so upload was on amazon prime and i don't know that it was a show that did a great splash uh, only people who are into this sort of things would have watched it but we liked it why did we like this show jojo um, it was it was a kind of a a fun take on the idea of of consciousness, the idea to the practicalities of what would happen if we could upload our consciousness as opposed to dying, and the fact that rich, you know, the rich would probably have a better afterlife <laughs> than poor folks, you know, the the. I was just thinking of the scene of of the main character trying to get like a, a cup of coffee and he has to have certain credits or whatever to to get coffee in the afterlife, which I just thought was so funny and ridiculous. But yeah, Upload is 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 it's a good show and it's interesting because, uh, you know, it, it explores that. And there is from what I understand, you know, from from reading that. And they expect this sort of thing to be possible on some level as soon as the year of, of 2045, which really isn't that's, you know, within our lifetime, possibly. So that uh, that's that's a little scary. <laughs> I, think I think about. that's I think that's what sort of like caught my attention about this show is the fact that I found a lot of the subject quite plausible. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of science fiction type of thing that I like, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm all for science science fiction, but also uh, even in that part, I'm as as much of a realist as possible. And for me, if I am going to watch something that is based on fantasy, uh, let's make it, let's do a fifty fifty thing where, you know, some of these things are plausible. Right. And there, there is a huge amount of plausible science in there that maybe we wouldn't see in our lifetime. But as you said, your readings have revealed that some of these things might be possible at least in the next uh, 25 years or so. So, uh, you know, the show is not far off. It's not a far-fetched idea, is it? No, it, it, it it's not in the realm of impossibility like it used to be it's it is in the realm of the possible which uh which is kind of cool so for number eight we have 
upload. That we are then moving on to number seven. And I have to say that this is when I would have really, really loved to that if uh, Tucker Brothers were still here. Because I know that they are a huge football fan, but I'm sure they have the same love for uh, basketball. And now that I've said basketball, I know you more or less have an idea, ladies and gentlemen, of what is the next show we are going to talk about. But I have to say, Jojo, this show, number seven for us, The Last Dance, I don't think that it would have made the the big splash that it made this year had it been a conventional year where everybody was busy going to work and coming home after 5 p.m. and going to bed. And I think you revealed to me, you you uh, made me understand that it was a 10-part miniseries, wasn't it? Yes, it's it's quite an extensive documentary. It is it is 10 parts, so it is an investment. So we're not talking about like a hour and a half movie. Right, and the crazy thing is, I, I think it was an ESPN Sports sort of like produce and they do this kind of documentaries all the time about coaches about players about teams and stuff like that and they've never made this kind of huge splash except this year now there's two major reasons for that reason number one it was about the chicago bulls of the uh, mid to late 80s and early 90s that consisted of scotty peep and michael jordan well, what's his name? The dude that is friends with uh, Kim Jong Kim Jong Un, and all of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> that's the dude that's friends with Kim Jong Un. Yeah. It's amazing that like I can this. remember him more for that than for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so the last dance was a an incredibly popular show. That's what everybody talked about for at least a good month in, in this year. And so I have to say, I am uh, I'm ashamed to say that I don't, <laughs> I haven't watched it. <laughs> I think it, I think it became so popular and so part of the, the experience of this year too, because, uh, you know, of course people are very interested in Michael Jordan and his life. And then was it having readily being readily accessible on Netflix and having the ability to binge watch it very easily. Again, I think this this year lended itself to this becoming so popular. I don't know if it would have been as popular in any other kind of 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 year kind of times. Um, And that's not to disparage it in the slightest. I don't mean it in that sense. I just mean that it's. It does take commitment to watch it because it is a 10-part series. Um, and I feel like that it would have been more of a, of a niche uh, thing that maybe only real Jordan fans or real Chicago Bull fans would have been the ones watching this as opposed to the more casual viewer. That's just my, my thought. Yeah, I, I agree with that in the sense that I, I think this would have been something, as you said, not only... Uh, you know, for the real fans, but also 
you think that much of the story of the Chicago of the of that team has been told, and so it would be like, oh yeah, just another one. What I think made it, perhaps, you know, other than 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 what went on this year, what I think made it an incredibly an incredibly popular show is the fact that it was one that saw Jordan talk quite a bit more than we ever have seen him before. Jordan is an incredibly private dude for a guy that is one of the most popular persons on earth. Yes. And was kind of like spilling the bean on this one, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was he was certainly more open um and certainly more just, you know, let people into his life a little bit more, which is certainly something his fans are interested in. And I think something that, that even if you aren't a fan or if you don't know very much about him or the Chicago Bulls or basketball, you, you want, you know, you're, you, you know, that someone who is a private person, once they start to speak, they're probably going to have something interesting to say. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got some stuff to say, man. <laughs> All right. So our guests are having a hard time trying to connect for some reason. Oh, dear. And uh, yeah, it seems like history is sort of like repeating itself, isn't it? (laughs) Positions are swapped. Last week it was us. (laughs) Yes. Last week that was our issue. And now uh, it seems to be their issue. Let me see what we can do. But we are going to continue the conversation in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want me to so, talk, talk about the uh, our number six and you uh, <laughs> you work on technicalities? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do that. Go ahead. <laughs> Jojo, tell folks about our number six. Number six. Take it away. Oh, boy. Um, so our number six on the list is a show that did not debut debut in 2020, but it did end in 2020. It was the last season. And it was a show that was, I think, some of the best television to come out of broadcast TV in a while. And that is The Good Place, which if you aren't familiar with it, is is so much fun and so touching and so well-written. And it's just, uh, it's it's good TV. And so, uh, it has a lovely cast and it was, I think, I think it was important this year because of some of the topics that it explored and because we're saying goodbye to something that we've had for a few seasons. So it was kind of bittersweet in a way, uh, to have it this year, but the good place, it was the last season. We of course had all our beloved characters in it and it, you know, explore some themes that, that we're certainly interested in and thinking about maybe a little bit like upload in that sense. The Good Place, of course, although it debuted or started on broadcast television, is available for streaming. So, you know, we kind of felt okay including it in our list of, of things that we normally, you know, we only talk about streaming shows. But um, it is such a good show. Um, and I do think that uh, I think it, it had a, a good fan base and was popular. I, I think that it's something that is going to continue to grow in popularity as time goes on, kind of like um, the show Community 
or scrubs or, or shows like that, that, that went on for a while that maybe didn't find their full base until after they had, had ended, had wrapped, but you, you can certainly find the good place now on, on streaming services and, and watch the whole, the whole show. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, I think that's about all I have to say about the good place. So hopefully Graham will be back. (laughs) He's back. So yeah, uh, this was this was one of my favorite shows to be honest with you, and uh, I discovered it about three season in, three seasons in, and it was thanks to kicking and streaming and thanks to JoJo, <laughs> <laughs> because I remember watching the first two episodes of The Good Place, and I knew that it was a funny show, that it was a cool show, but this was back in the days when I you know, was setting for just watching regular TV and waiting a whole week to see half an hour of a show. And at some point I decided I'm not going to do this anymore. So it became a, a thing where if something was on regular TV, I would wait until, I, until you know, the season was over and they would dump it on Netflix or on any other uh, streaming platform and I would watch it. But somehow this particular show, The Good Place, sort of like fell um, off my uh, radar and I never got back to it until Jocelyn mentioned it in one of those, you know, list of things that you have to watch this summer, I think. And I'm like, yeah, let me get back to this. And it it became my favorite thing because it, it explores the philosophy of uh, of community and doing what's right by one another and specifically it has huge references to Tim Scanlon who is one of my favorite modern philosophers the theory of what do we owe to each other and so that for me was awesome and um, I am uh, I am very, very glad that uh, this came about. So that show, number six for us, The Good Place, is a show that you need to watch. And it's going to be one of the best things that will happen to you, to be honest with you. Yeah. Isn't it, Joe? It's a good show. It really, really is. It's a very good show. And uh, kind of highlights some of the um, absurdities and things, but in a respectful way. And uh, it's just, it's fun. (laughs) So let us go then to our number five of the list. Jojo, I have to tell you, this was one of my favorite, and we actually did an episode. Yes, we did. About this show. We did. And we enjoyed talking about it, didn't we? We really did. I'm glad we did a whole episode about this show because I, I think it, I think this is one that kind of fell off the radar yeah. and I, I'm sad about that. And uh, so I'm glad we're, I'm glad we decided to include it on the list this year. Cause I, I think it was a great show this year. So number five on our list is the show hunters on Amazon prime. There were quite a few surprises about this show and I, 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 I have to be, I'm going to be the first one to say that I never expected to see 
Al Pacino doing a show that was strictly for television, I mean, for smaller screen, even though it was for a streaming service, but it was for the smaller screen. And I was like, Al Pacino is in this, isn't he? <laughs> so that was weird. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to watch this show because I think I've said this before, Jojo, that in my in my view... Amazon Prime is a bit more selective with their shows and when they when they when you see them announcing a show a lot it it's because they know it's going to be good. Yeah. It's either going to be very very good or it's going to be terrible terrible <laughs> terrible. <isn't it? laughs> yeah, there's kind of no in between. Unknown between yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they they were they were really pushing the show, and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna watch it. And boy, <laughs> was it good! And like everything that happens in the show is a huge surprise. And as you've you've done so brilliantly before, Jojo, could you just summarize this show for our viewers and for our listeners? So, uh, so Hunters is uh, sort of a period piece in that it's set in the late 60s, mid, early 70s in New York. And uh, it is about a group of vigilantes who are taking the law into their own hands when it comes to former Nazis, to Nazis that did not ever admit that anything they ever did was wrong or truly felt what they did was right, but are in the United States, in America, infiltrated in very high positions of power or just living a very prosperous life, um, having done these terrible things to other human beings and serving, having not paid any sort of a price for it. So um, the Hunters is a group of, of people who experienced the Holocaust firsthand, most of them, and they are essentially not going to take it anymore. And they're saying that you don't have the right to live a perfectly fine life when these terrible things were done to us, to our families. And we're going to right that wrong in the world. And so uh, it's the story of their, of the different characters and their different experiences during the Holocaust or their family's experience during the Holocaust, how they got to this place and what they do to the, the Nazis as they find them. So that's where the hunters comes in the title. In the title, they are Nazi hunters. They are looking to find them and expose them for what they truly are. <laughs> Yeah, Jojo. Uh, that's pretty much it. Jojo is good at explaining stuff. <laughs> she is. Uh, I remember one time uh, President Obama re referred to uh, former President Clinton as he, he should be named Secretary of State of, of Explaining Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was after a speech uh, that President Clinton did. <laughs> And, you know, he went like an hour and a half explaining things. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, so now we get it. And so Obama is like, yeah, Clinton should be 
Secretary of State of explaining <laughs> stuff. Uh, so I think I think that that should be your title, Jojo. Um, so here's what we are going to do. If you are following with us right now, if you are following this stream, we are going to make a quick stop for about two minutes, and then we will be right back. And hello everyone, we are back and now we are finally joined by our invité d'honneur of the week. <laughs> welcome Smash, welcome Godi. Thank you for joining us in this fantastic year in review. Yay! Oh, thank you for having us. Glad to be here. <laughs> it, it, it's been it's been a struggle it, it, you know uh i just said that the devil was behind all of this but the devil is a liar we all know that <laughs> we cast out those demons <laughs> so if you were with us earlier you know that jojo and i went through our list up to the number five on the list we were talking about hunters when we decided to actually uh, stop the broadcast so that we could help our guests to join us, which we have achieved. <laughs> so uh, just to recap, we are reviewing our top 10 on this year of things that we streamed. So far, Jojo and I went through uh, five of our top 10, starting from uh, number 10. So we're going to uh, catch you up, gentlemen and briefly okay. hear your opinions about what we've talked about so far. So on our num number 10, and I know that you guys have you, your top 10 too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so let's, let's compare and see what we got. So <laughs> number 10 for us was Tiger King. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jojo had a okay. whole reasoning behind that, and uh, I'll let Jojo do the explaining of that one. But I actually agree. I actually think that despite the lack of uh, substantiveness of uh, Tiger King, it made such a splash this year that it deserved the spot, at least the lowest, on our top 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I uh, you know as we we talked about earlier, but it it obviously was not a great television, but it was certainly entertaining television. And I think that coming at the time it did, I think it for some folks was some of the first things first thing that they'd maybe ever binge watched. Um, so I kind of feel like it was a sort of a defining show for 2020 and the uh, the crap fest it turned out to be. The crap fest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I kind of I tend to agree. I I think for me, I, I like. I don't get me wrong. It was entertaining. All right, it was oh, definitely yeah. entertaining. But I think because we were in a pandemic and there was really nothing else to do, I think that's, for me, I think that's why I got such a big splash. I did binge watch it. I did, you know, follow up on everything that went on after the fact. Did she kill her husband? Did she kill her husband? You know, um, how he self-destructed himself. It was just, it was a train wreck, and you just had to watch because we were stuck in the house. We had nothing else to do. So I think that's, if it was normal times, I don't think it would have got so much as big of a splash as it got because we were in COVID, I think. 
Yeah, I agree with you completely. If it had been any other year, people, a few people would have watched it and it would have been a joke, but I don't think exactly. it was yeah. the phenomena that it was. Exactly. So what do you guys have on your, on your number 10? Sadly enough, we didn't have an order. We just... <laughs> Because <laughs> we we bantered, like we watched so much TV and so much so many shows that it was some stuff that we're like, I don't know if it's going to make the top 10 or not. But in no specific order, we had Lovecraft, In the Dark, All Rise, The Boys, The Neighborhood, The American Barbecue, Ozark, For Life, The Last Dance, which is a documentary, and P-Valley. That was our top ten. Sweet. So I, yeah. So I don't know how many of those you guys watched. <laughs> Yo, that's interesting because some of these things we've got on our list. Some really? of those, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. And in fact, we've already talked about uh, the last dance, but I, I definitely wanted you guys to amplify on that because, as I was telling Jojo, I'm a I'm a basketball fan only uh, during the playoff. Uh, much like Ooh. most of you guys are uh, a soccer fan only during the World Cup. <laughs> You're right. That's true. And this is very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we will be talking about that. So uh, here's our... Uh, so if you were to pick now, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you were to, to pick one of... All of this to be your number 10, uh, the lowest on your list. What, what would it be? Smash. Mm. <laughs> Maybe um, In the Dark. In the Dark. Yeah. I can, I can go with that. What is In the Dark about? It's a great Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Smash on the spotlight right now. On the spot. <laughs> No, this uh, this show right here, it's, it's a pretty interesting show because it's about a, a female who grew up blind and she somehow, some kind of way gets in all kind of trouble that even if she had eyesight, I don't know how she gets in this trouble, but she also like fights crime in a way, you know, like helps solve mysteries and stuff. So it's an interesting show and we like it because it was just different. It wasn't like the normal shows out there. They took it from a different perspective. And me and Godi, we both were sitting like, did you see that? And it's just a very interesting show. Once you start watching, you're hooked. Yeah, that sounds good. good. Right? And it's, it's only a two-year-old show, so there, it hasn't got stagnated yet. You know, the writing hasn't got stagnated. Right, so it's, right. It's, they're still right. in... They're creative right now, so it's they're really still having fresh ideas and shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. it's amazing because she's blind, and it's amazing, like Smash said, how much trouble she gets in, but then how much trouble she gets out of at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. But like uh, talking about the writing thing, Jojo and I have talked about this. Like, you can tell when a show is kind of getting to the point where, you know, the writers get in the room and they be like. Yeah, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> we are lost at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Too. So, um, on our number nine, and also that was another JoJo speak because JoJo watches this show and I still haven't gotten to it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think you guys will agree with that, with this one. JoJo, you want to tell them? <laughs> so, for number nine, we had The Mandalorian. 
Yeah. Dude, I haven't got to it either. I'm with you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on season two, right, Jojo? It's season two. Season yeah, two. and yeah. I haven't got through episode one. I, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Now so I, I, you know, I have a I have a confession to make. I've I've never seen Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to have seen Star Wars to to enjoy The Mandalorian. Um, I think the reason that we'd put it on the list was because it, it sort of became so iconic. I mean, even if you aren't, uh, you know, don't watch it or have never seen Star Wars or anything, I think everybody in this year particularly knows about baby Yoda has at least seen the image of baby Yoda and and some of the memes and that kind of thing. So I feel like the show was pretty pervasive um, in culture, whether it was, you know, the most wonderful show or the most original show in the world isn't really necessarily um, my reason for choosing it. It was more the, the cultural impact. Okay. Yeah. I just added it to my list. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's been on my list because they they started pubbing season two, and I was like, well, I haven't got the season one. And at the time, <laughs> at the launch of it, that was like the premiere for for uh, the Disney Plus. So, yes. and it was like the only thing on Disney Plus at the time. And so, me not having little kids to just partake in Disney Plus like that, and that was like the only you know, family show to watch. I was like, I'll wait. So um, I had to get to it. I'm sorry. I had to get to it. It's, it's on my list. And I'm a Star Wars fan. So I, I, I should I should be all in on that, right? <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun show. So The Mandalorian is our number nine. And uh, Baby Yoda has a name. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Joe, you tell him, man. <laughs> it's Grogu. <laughs> who? And who? <laughs> you got me on that. Uh, uh, that. <laughs> Grogu. Grogu is is Baby Yoda's oh, name. Grogu. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Uh, hoping for Baba Yeah, but it almost sounds like I, Grogu. Like, Grogu. <laughs> 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 you go for that for lunch, actually. <laughs> that, that's Baby. That's Baby Yoda's real name. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it took them two damn seasons to come up with that. <laughs> Just to come up with that name. <laughs> All, right. All right then. So uh, what what would you guys put on your number nine? Um Smash loves Lovecraft. And I'm gonna be honest, I it just it doesn't hit home for me. So we just try to get a collective number 10. So but I don't know. Lovecraft, I guess. Cause I'm a smash. You don't have to explain Lovecraft because I didn't watch it at all. But you loved it. Well, so I, I would actually rate I'll Lovecraft. Let you get that out the way. I'd I'd actually rate it higher. But um really? we'll go. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a good show, but you can't I don't know, with that show to me, you can't describe it to anybody. It is weird to right. describe. Uh we, we did we did an like, entire episode <laughs> of it. And we're still scratching our heads. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't describe it. I mean, it's just, I don't know, futuristic. Um, I, I don't know. It's its a great show. I, I love the writing, the the way they wrote everything and how they tied everything in and came back and wrapped it up. I'm curious to see uh, season two and how that'll roll out. But um, yeah, I, I'd rate it a little higher, but 
I don't know. I can't describe it to anybody, honestly, to tell you how to watch. <laughs> if y'all can't help me out. <laughs> Junja, we, we did debate as to whether or not Lovecraft uh, would have made our list. And I, I, for some reason, I thought we, we, we actually put it somewhere. And we must have decided something else because I, it's not. I think, we went, I think we went with Hunters instead. I think okay. it, was, it was between between that and Hunters. So, so I, I'm a, I ain't going to lie, I'm a little offended that Tiger King made it and Lovecraft didn't. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All based on taste, I guess. <laughs> so, so he, he, I, I can see your point, really. <laughs> well, I, I think we definitely thought that you know, Tiger King was sort of a phenomenon, a weird one, albeit. <laughs> and so that <laughs> not putting it at least on the lowest part of this list uh, was <laughs> not going to be realistic at all. Having said that, uh, yeah, Lovecraft is an, is, a, is, a, is an absolute mood. And we had a lot of fun talking about it. But because we went with 10 shows only, I think it was hard uh, we, hard, had, yeah. we, we had to make some very hard decisions. Yeah, I'm which, interested to see what else is on that list if Lovecraft didn't make it. That was like, that was like a, a Tiger King phenomenon at one point, too. Everybody was speaking about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I guess I would have to say, I'm, I'm only going to do this because it's a reality show. The American Barbecue, I would put at our number nine. It's, it's a, I don't know if you guys see it. It's a Netflix reality barbecue show. Smash and I are big barbecue fans. We, you know, we we think that we are uh, pit masters. Um, <laughs> at least we try to be. <laughs> so, right. but but this show is pretty different. It, it, it's it has it has two, it has two hosts with uh, comedian Lyric Lewis and uh, Floors Lava. I don't know if you guys know him. Hosts uh, Rutledge Wood, and they have two pit masters, Kevin Bledsoe and Melissa Cookston, and. It's like your normal barbecue, sh- normal cooking barbecue show, right? But the twist on it is they always come up with these different exotic type of meats that they use. And, and that's what was really intriguing to see, to throw them off base a little bit, to try to cook possum, barbecue possum, or what some other stuff? They had snake. It was yeah. different, different, po- different meats type of proteins that they were cooking, and it always threw them off, and they had to come up with great recipes and it was just fascinating to watch to see them to see them actually cook all this stuff and yeah. have the judges to be like oh this is really good i'm like you guys <laughs> must really be doing it for tough tv because i don't really think possum barbecue possum would really be that good to me but it was it was a fun watch you know with lyric yeah. lewis she's a comedian so she you know she'll give you the the funny and you know it, it just it was just a, it was a good watch being stuck in covid would you have watched it again? Would it be in the top 10 any other time? Probably not. But because we right. stuck in COVID, this makes the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now I'm interested, actually. Georgia. It's, it's really good. I can't watch any TV show about food because then all I want is food and I, and I want the food that I'm seeing. It won't matter if it's actually, you know, roasted possum. I'll be like, no, I want roasted possum and that's all that we'll do. So I, 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 and I, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get that. So I, I can't watch TV shows about food. I'm, I'm the same way about books. If somebody in a book starts talking about, you know, some, some 
phenomenal sandwich they're eating. I'm like, well, I have to have that sandwich now. <laughs> so fun. let me throw a bit of a story here. When I was younger, I, I, my years uh, as a, a Catholic seminarian, there was a new bishop that arrived to the Venezuelan embassy in the Dominican Republic. So uh, they had a dinner for him and we went, you know, as seminarians and stuff. Some of us went. And um, I remember eating this, like, some of the best chicken wings I've ever had in my life. And I kept going back and back and (laughs) getting them chicken wings, right? (laughs) And then later I was talking Uh to someone and I said... they weren't that, chicken wings. Yeah, yeah I'm saying, say, uh, those chicken wings were good, man, but there was one bone there that I, I couldn't quite uh, get, uh, like, really the, the shape of it. But, but you know, I, I was great. It's like, what was the chicken wing again? I'm like, yeah, those little, uh, no, that's actually uh, frog legs. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> no. That's, that's, that's good. Right <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's all I'm going to say. Okay, yeah. So now, you get more? Well, I had eaten all I could eat because, <laughs> trust me, my dude, when you are still a teenager and you have all of this metabolism, that you know, you know how, how these teenagers, I have a 20 year old who's still eating like, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> the world is coming to an end. <laughs> so, so I had already taken advantage of all the quote unquote chicken wing that I that, that I would have, but it was frog legs. So this barbecue show, I might I might have to watch that because the whole you know barbecue possum thing uh, sounds interesting to me. <laughs> hey, check it out! It's a good show. I, um, my family sat down and watched it with me, so it was a good show. When the family sits down and watch it, you know, you know it's good because, like, <laughs> I, I have to sell an entire show to my wife <laughs> before she'll sit down and watch it. Sounds like my wife. <laughs> she doesn't want to watch hell anything. I mean, if she, if you do find something she wants to watch, she wants to watch. Like you know, we binge watch stuff. We may watch, sit down and watch four or five episodes or something. And then you know she want to watch one episode and then go do something else. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's not it's not nineteen eighty five anymore. We don't have to sit there and wait for the next episode to come on. <laughs> right, we can binge it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the thing, man. I, when I sit down to watch a show and I start it and finish it, and my wife is like, "Hold on, I have to go fold some laundry." I'm like, "Oh, for the love of God!" <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, we're picking on the wise man. Jojo is silent. Jojo went silent. <laughs> so, uh, right. So we're moving on to the number eight. Uh, this one is going to be a quick pass. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but we chose actually a show that nobody seemed to have talked about a lot. And to a certain extent, it looks like it feels like we were the only ones who liked this show. But we thought it was good enough to make the list. It is upload on Amazon Prime. Did you, mm, yes. did you guys ever get to that one? Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, I, <laughs> I liked. Well, I remember when we, we was on the show last time. We kind of talked about it. We talked about it in past when we weren't. We didn't record it, but 
the show was the premise of the show was really excellent. Yeah. But the delivery of it was terrible. I mean, the first yes. couple episodes, they were like on point, giving you the origin of how this all came about. And then as it went further on, I think they just got clueless on how to to deliver this this idea to us in a creative way. So it was a a plus for the for the idea, and it was a negative <laughs> for the delivery of the idea. <laughs> So we're saying the uploads suck. I was good, but the downloads suck. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Dude. Basically. Yeah. I, I don't think there will be a season two of that, I'm sure. <laughs> you think that you think there wouldn't there shouldn't there will there wouldn't be a season two? I, I don't see I don't see where they would where it would pick up from. Because it actually yeah. It got slower and 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 weirder and dumber as it got into the episodes. I mean, mm. they were carrying a guy in a box, and then he was. It just <laughs> it just got weird after a while. Yeah, <laughs> but you were already in it, so you had to finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how this train is going to wreck. However, <laughs> I think we all would. <laughs> it, it just didn't come off well. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the, you definitely know that Smash is still mad about Lovecraft because, like, we just shit on, <laughs> on upload and then Lovecraft did <laughs> Lovecraft did it. And then crazy. Yeah, right. if y'all got upload. Take, at least take upload spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, hey, but that's why we're doing this show, right? Uh, yeah. right. So, um, what do you guys have uh, next? Uh, Smash, I'll let you pick the number seven. I would have to say the boys. It it was you know, it's a it's a good show, a good twist on superhero. The first season was phenomenal, but this uh last season was a it was okay, it was good, but I think I didn't like it because I think they realized that being in COVID, they didn't want to release it like binge watch, so they started releasing it in episodes or week by week and that kind of slowed it down for me. Yeah. And so it made me kind of lose the interest in it for the second season, but it still is a good show just because once again, they put a different spin on superheroes. So that's why I liked it. That, that was my, my, my own grief with, with it too. Uh, I actually, we, we don't, we occasionally post some blog posts on our website. And uh, one of the few that I actually decided to do was that because I was mad at the fact that uh, I I don't have streaming service because I want to watch the same uh, you know one episode of, <laughs> of this of, of that what I'm watching every week, and right. so for me it was like no what are you doing dude you know HBO so get <laughs> yeah no seriously <laughs> so I haven't actually I've I've watched about three episodes of it and then I'm like okay well when you guys don't let me know and uh, I'll go there you know? mm. uh, I just liked. It's it's an it's not Marvels, it's not DC. It was its own brand of characters, quirky superhero characters. And if you know, you always want to see, okay, what could have Marvel have missed as far as a superhero character, right? What have mm-hmm. DC could have missed as a superhero character? So they have some some different some twists and some quirkiness about it, some funniness about it, where you wouldn't get that from Marvels or you wouldn't get it from DC. So it was a good watch. And I'm with Smash on season two because it released the way that it did and I couldn't binge watch it. 
I hadn't even watched season two yet. I'm waiting for it to completely finish, then dive back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved season one. I mean, uh, yeah. we, we did a show about it. I thought it was great. I thought it was some of the great, some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't watched season two yet, but I think for the same <laughs> reason, because I, I just haven't, you know, it's, it's, I like binging things. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, binging is what works for me too. So, <laughs> Jojo, what do we have on number seven? Um, number seven, we had The Last Dance. All right. So oh, we've really? already talked about this, so, so you guys, take it away. <laughs> I, get, I can see that. So what um, did you guys think uh, of, of this? Our, our hypothesis is, one, it made a big deal because this was one of the few documentaries where Jordan was willing to speak, and speak he did. And the second thing is that also there was covid uh, do you yeah. think that it would have made such an impact otherwise? Yes. I, I think that could have been released at any given time and it would be, it would have been a phenomenon like it is. One, Jordan is one of those guys where because of his branding, because of his shoes, um, because he's always being compared to whatever generation that that's actually playing basketball now he's always being compared and because he lived such a because like i grew up in his era you know so i know of the things that he's done but i didn't know i was really intrigued by the backstory of 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 scotty pippen and and how the team was formed but just the the overall aspect of of how that team was was developed and how people look at each other and try to compare Jordan to all these other players. And it gave, it, it connected everybody's generation. It, it, he's like, he's like, he's like the sun and everybody's orbiting around it because they know of him, you know? So he's not like, he's not like a player that played in an era that's died off and don't know anything about it. And I think that's what made it really intriguing for everybody to watch. And, and you just wanted to see how that, because you, you know, you heard of the different stories, that happened through that era with Dennis Rodman leaving camp and him doing his little thing, Scottie Pippen getting ill. Um, how did Jordan really feel about that? You know, if Jordan played with the flu game, why would Pippen do it? And it was a lot of intriguing things that you didn't get to see behind the scenes that really pulled everybody in. And like I said, it ties, it, it ties every generation together because, because he's Michael Jordan. So I think it would, it'll passed over. It'll played in any kind of era whether it be COVID times or just regular times, I think. Yeah, I had to, I had to agree with Godi on that one. I, I liked it because, like he said, I like Jordan. But uh, I think I also like, too, when you have the greats, whether it's sports or even your favorite movie or whatever, when you get to get that peek behind the curtain on what really went on, because a lot of times we make up stories or we tell stories in art that we came up with on how the situation unfolded or how it may have unfolded. But when you get to get them to sit down and tell how it really unfolded, it get, it just puts you there. You're like, oh, man, like I didn't know he went through right. that or they went through that to to get that championship or, you know, make that movie or whatever. So just getting that peek behind the curtain on how it really went down just gives you more of an admiration to them. And you're like, wow, that was that was really, you know, I didn't know he stayed that long to shoot shots or I didn't know he was that hard on players because. Uh, one thing that a lot of people didn't know about Michael Jordan, except the people that really knew him, is how hard he, how critical he was on the people that played with him, you know. But he he expected greatness from himself. So 
it just trickled down to the players. He wanted greatness from them as well. So I really liked it. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Jordan's being, you know, being critical of the players around him made him sound, before you heard it from him, made him sound like, oh, this guy was, you know, had the superstardom uh, all over his head, so he thought he, he was an asshole. And in the end, it just turns out that this is a dude that is so, so competitive that he just hates losing. So if you're yeah. in it for, to win, get the hell out and, and, and you know, let's bring in somebody. I, I think that's, that's, that's what I got from this, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. the same thing? Yeah. yeah. And then, then the creativity of it all, how they tied in two storylines at the two storylines simultaneously, the, how they took from Jordan being drafted and him being ascending, coming through that team, the, the trials and tribulations of, of, of having to overcome the Celtics, overcome Detroit. And then the, the really, the final of it all of the, 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 the 97 team, the 97, 98 team, when it all exploded, right? They won the last championship and it all deteriorated. And it was, it was kind of cool the way that they creatively, they took those two storylines and played them at the same time, bounced them back and in and out of each other and, you know, intertwined each other till you got to the end of, of how it all ended, you know, how you had such a great team and you had such a, a great, you know, dominant through the 90s that how could it actually come to an end and it was cool the way that they played it all through and tied it all in together and in one one small package over a course of what was it six or seven episodes or something like six episodes something like that it was it was yeah. brilliant the way they did it I, 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 I it was this was more than a documentary to me this was more like a movie to me versus a documentary to be honest yeah. with you all right i think it was uh just in uh, 10 parts yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a, a lot to talk a about. Okay, so we in agreement with that. So uh, let's move on. Our number six is a show that came to an end this year, and <laughs> I fell in love with this show because again, Jojo talked about it once, and I was like. Yeah, I remember watching the first couple of episodes of this show and I never went back because it was originally on, you know, cable TV. So you had to go back every week and shit. And I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But then it was uh, on Hulu and then eventually Netflix got it. So I was like, binge watch. So we uh, decided to sort of like pay an homage to this show by including it in this list, but I, I do think it deserves to be on this list. What do you think, Jojo? Could you uh, expand? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I talked about this show when we had the technical difficulties before, so balls in your court. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the show in, in, in question is The Good Place. Um, so you guys ever got onto the show, The Good Place? I, I dig it. I dig it. I, I They're on season, what, three now? No, four? It, it ended after uh, season five, I believe, wasn't it? Okay. Season four or five. Yeah, something like that. So season one was phenomenal. Like that, I was, again, just like Upload, it was a great idea that you hadn't seen on TV before. And they did it really well. By the time I got to season three, I stopped watching it because 
it seemed like they were reaching for storyline. So I hadn't watched the last two seasons of it, but it was definitely a good show. And it also, it's an NBC show and NBC seems yep. to not love their, their creativity because they'll cut their shows really fast. Yeah. So to see this run for five years for CBS, I mean, for NBC, it, it's definitely, it's definitely worth to be on your list because NBC cuts shows faster than anybody that I know. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the show sort of like built up uh, its own little fanhood and did not expand too much from outside that fanhood. So it was like sort of like a community or uh, 30 Rock type of thing for me. So it wasn't uh, a show that was, you, you know, would, would have been popular with everybody. But I think NBC kind of saw the value in it for those of us contrary to Netflix, who will fucking cut some shit, even if everybody else, <laughs> like, yeah, no, don't get me started. But yeah. yeah it, it was, it's, everybody wants to know how is heaven, right? Everybody wants to know what does heaven look like? How does it operate? You know, who's the manager? Who's the, you know, everybody, it, it was, and to see, see her, who really doesn't want to be there in the first place, right? And, and yeah, do all right. the antics that she goes through and the different things that she do. Like, you know, you should have been kicked to hell a long time ago, but <laughs> give her another chance and another chance. And it was, it was, and she'll pull people in and pull people out of her, her antics. It's a really dope show. It's a really dope show. I, I enjoyed it. I, I can see why I made your top 10. So, I haven't, I haven't Smash, finished it. I, I liked it. I like it. It's a it's a good. It was a good show, or is a good show. But um, I like it, and I like because I like that type of comedy as well. But um, it just I haven't finished it all the way because I just couldn't get into it. It was just for me. It was something to watch, like if I'm doing dishes or trying to go to sleep. Just you know what I'm saying. Just something to have on the background, and then you kind of catch it. So it wasn't like a. <laughs> it wasn't like I had to watch it, but I, I like. I like a lot of the actors in there as well, too. But like Gody said, she should have been kicked out a long time ago. <laughs> Gave me hope, though. It's funny. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have to do another show because Smash has a go-to-bed list. And I don't like shows that he watched to go to bed to. It's weird. It's like, okay, he needs this. So you telling me my show is white noise for you? That's all it's worth for you. Holy, because you 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 ever watch the show that you're you're not in? It it starts off pretty interesting, but you're not into into it. But like when you fall asleep on it, it's like a good sleep for you. And the show is just playing in the background. You sleep so good. That's that's what that's what I use them for. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm struggling to see that one. <laughs> You know, I used Joe. <laughs> what was that? I used Jojo. I used Jojo and Graham to go to sleep too. That's not a good list. To <laughs> Touche. Not <laughs> <laughs> a good list. <laughs> All right. So, what what did you guys have on as number six? I probably have to go with. I don't know if we want to rate it. This low. You want to just go with the neighborhood? Nah, that's, nah, you, that's way right, up I, on my list. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you pick it, and then. Um, I guess we should get better at number them. Yeah, we should. We just put a list. <laughs> it's. Mm, I mean, I guess because we 
We had the last so, dance on there too, but we already talked about that. So I'm going to put P Valley in there. So we had what number six, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're not in the top five. Okay, let's put P Valley there. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it. it <laughs> it's a TV show that that's surrounding the the uh, what would you call it? Female community college. No, I'm <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And it, it, it's, it's surrounded by the strip club, and for so many reasons, this show is is really good. One, we don't have much totally black TV, right? Yeah. So whenever you have some 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 TV that's for us, you have to sit down and you have to watch it, even if it's not that good. Now, don't get me wrong; this wasn't really that great of a show, all right. But being a young man growing up. You you know you always fantasize about these type of you know what is what's what happens there and, and being growing up in the south with Smash and I both living in Mississippi for years and we it just it's like you really it was just one of those shows that played into the things that you witnessed and you saw as you grew up maturing as a man and it it, it had it had the violence it had the sex it had the drama. Um, and it had everything that you would want the, the 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 hip-hop music it had everything that you would want in that type of a show so um again what i have been but i have watched it the way i watched it in non-covid times probably not but because there was nothing else to watch it definitely it was a good it wound up being a good watch to say you know it was a pleasant surprise to say that much yeah it's a it's a real good show um like he said, it, it really brought back nostalgia, I guess, for us because, you know, you could some of the scenes you could be like, oh, man, it took you back to a place where you might have been or a story that somebody may have told you and reminded you of, you know, it was probably like, I don't know, it was probably like, um, I'm trying to think of that movie, but I can't think the movie where they had whooped that trick. What's the, I can't think of the movie. Um, but anyway, it's like a mix of that. And you're, um, you know, like flash dance or something, I guess, if you want to say. But uh, it's a good it's a good show. I recommend people check it out and just, you know, get your own take on it. Because it does have a plot. It does have a story and a background. It's not for the kids. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Not for the kids. (laughs) This is is an adult-only show. (laughs) Well, I I saw a, a couple of... Uh, advertising for the show while we were, I think we were still watching the very first season of Ghost 2, the power book, whatever. And I'm like, yo, this seems like the show, but I don't know that I want to watch this show every week. I'm going to let it just pile up on my stars stars app and then I'm going to come back to it. And then when I was ready to go to to get to it, my wife got uh, into the Spanish Princess, which is a show that she's watching on Stars, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, "This is good." So, yeah, let me just earn me some more love uh, and watch the Spanish Princess with her. You know? <laughs> I hope your wife, your wife doesn't watch your pod. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> Cause you're jamming the I'm gonna give me a couple kitchen passes off of this one. Appreciate. It. I'm gonna sit down and watch. This. I feel you. I feel you, Graham. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so yeah, I think P Valley is is, is 
should have made the list. And in fact, Jojo, when we were doing our list, we went based on some other lists around, and P-Valley made several of those lists, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. It did. It's okay. Well, these days, man. <laughs> You'll get to it. Just so, make sure the kids not around. <laughs> so we're finally catching up to where you guys came in because we uh, had gotten to Hunters and we talked about sure. how this is one, yeah, one of our favorite shows, and we were madly surprised to see that Hunters actually didn't make a lot of the lists that we looked at. <laughs> but, you know, it was a very different show, uh, in, and I think it deserves to be uh, our number five. We did a, an episode about it, so I'd like to hear what you guys think of it. I I think that show was very, very, very underrated by a lot of people. That show was great to me. I agree. I like I like how it was, but a lot of people and I, I mean I just I feel upset because I think it was disrespected with the great Al Pacino in there, you know, and people yeah. didn't go watch the show, you know. But uh, I, I love the show. Um, I think it was a great show. So I, now I'm going to pass it to Go D because I think he may have something different. It was okay. It was. <laughs> You're not serious, are you? <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. It was just, I mean, what drew me in it was Al Pacino. And what also drew me into it was, it was, it was held produced by, executive produced by Jordan Peele. So I figured, okay, it's, it's worth my time and effort. But I, it was. It was okay. I mean, it's, it's not like it was okay. I, I can't say anything more about it. I mean, it's like the the Nazi zombie, you know, Nazi hunters. It, it was. It falls in line with with uh, all the zombies TV shows. It's just not my shtick. I would say that, and that's why it's not really high on my list um, because of that. It's zombie hunters and Nazi hunters. It's it's just hunting. It's just. It, it just <laughs> Jojo, like Jojo say something, man. Say, say something. <laughs> Where did he see zombies, man? Like, what is he talking no, about? No, I'm sure I'm saying that, like, like, what's the, the big zombie movie, the big zombie show? Walking Dead or whatever. Walking Dead. Oh. That all falls in line for me. That's that's what it, this all falls in line with me, Walking Dead, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Instead of the zombies, they're killing Nazis. That's just the only difference, you know? Okay. So. <laughs> but, uh, the difference is zombies aren't real and Nazis are. <laughs> <laughs> but it still had the same thread for me. It's all killing. They're just chasing around, killing something. It just it just didn't come off well to me. It, it was it's a good show. It's, I'm not taking anything away from it as as a show that you enjoy because I mean, a lot of people enjoy it. It just wasn't that for me. I'll say that. Okay. Right. 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 <laughs> You know, I like the way the way Smash set it up. Like, yeah, uh, I'm gonna let Cause he knew. take over because because he knew. Because <laughs> we, we talked about this already. He knew. <laughs> it's like I know there's gonna be trouble, this. so let me. <laughs> I'm gonna say I like it, but you know, now y'all. That was funny, man. <laughs> I mean, I knew I knew his stance on it, so. <laughs> All right then. So, if you guys were in your list, what would you have as number five? Now, here's the good part. Mm-hmm. 
this is this is a total agreement on all of us, and, and I'm going to put. Let's go with the CBS shows. So right. I'll put. Ah, it's kind of hard because <laughs> I love them all. I have a one A, one B, one C, one D, one E. Which one you say? All rise. I could take that. I, I guess I could take that. I just so, number five rise. for you guys is all rise. All rise. We'll go with yeah. that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, I think it should be higher. <laughs> I think it should really be high. It's, it's such, and it's hmm. one thing about this show that really, that really put it over the top for me, right? You always have all the, the same court shows, the drama shows, you know, the police shows, but the difference, the, the thing that for me creatively that took this one over the top for me, coming back through COVID, they were the only ones yeah, that true. really took it from, the Zoom aspect and created a whole show around the Zoom aspect on that's them true. going to court. And then when they come into season two, they picked up on that last, like they took the time out. They couldn't film, you know, Hollywood had shut down at the time because of COVID, but they took their own time and, and got cameras and set up and, and developed this show around their true life experience through the through COVID and, and being locked up, being, you know, being quarantined. And that was really creative to see them do that. And then for them to come into season the next season and pick up where they left off. And, yeah. and it, it really tied that last episode really tied it in, but it, it's good to see the, how the judges interact with each other, how the hierarchy of, of a courtroom actually, because you only see most of the time you see like it's a judge or it's, it's just, a, a lawyer, it's some aspect of that, right? But you're getting from the bailiff's perspective, you're getting from the defendant's de- defect perspective, you get it from the lawyer. It's it's just a well-rounded court show for me, and and it's yeah. it's definitely, and that's why I was really wanted to put it higher. But we could put it at five. I mean, that's fine. I, I enjoy that. it. I really enjoy no, it's, it. It's a it's a very good show. Um, I like it. It's a, uh, and I think. Everything Godi said, and I like it has a lot of diversity in there. It has all like all the races covered. So they, I think they did a good job at like putting this show together. They just didn't throw it together and say, "Hey, we're gonna do your uh, typical legal show." They got a diverse cast, and I, I like the the main character who came from. Um, she played the detective, I think Misty Knight and Luke Cage. And to see her come over and do this, it just um, opened my eyes. So I, I really like this show. That's one of my favorites. I I tune in to watch that uh, every week. Uh, I think uh, the actress you're talking about is Simone Missick. Missick, yeah, Simone Missick, yeah, yeah. She's she's dope, man. I loved her on Luke Cage, but yep. <laughs> I have to confess, I I. I've never seen one episode of All Rise. Um, mm. Shame on you, Grant. You're missing out. <laughs> Jojo Lisa. She's like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm, no, I'm just saying, y'all y'all still got upload on y'all list, so I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> you know what the crazy thing is? I'm starting to agree a lot with Smash. <laughs> what were we thinking, Jojo? 
I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I think y'all. I think y'all's top five are gonna be the ones to go with. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) now I I don't know if there's gonna be. I think we we are going to be agreeing a lot more often on this uh, (laughs) top four. Uh, Would you? What would you? Would you say, Jojo? I think Um, we have some good ones here. uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I, I'm like ready to you know. I'm not trying to offend you, Jim. No, I'm not offended. In the Yo, don't we piss you off that much? <laughs> no. No. Yes, we're not no. invited back. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, listen. We, we chose out our number. Georgia, please, please uh, set this one up. Because, uh, because I, I mean, I I love the show and I'm in love with the show, but Jojo is the the um, Secretary of State of explaining things, <laughs> <laughs> so she she'll take it from there. So we uh, for number four we did the Queen's Gambit, and okay. the, the reason for that was uh, we both enjoyed the show a lot. And felt like in the era of of what we have now, you know, with 2020, I don't know that, again, it was a show that would have been particularly popular otherwise, but there's actually been people that are interested in chess now that have never been interested before. And yeah. uh, I kind of feel like that it was, it was, it had kind of an effect a little bit on the psyche of the people who watched it. You know, it's it's a very visually pleasing show, very rich sets and costumes. And uh, the the story behind it, I think, is is a good one and an interesting one and, and not necessarily something that we've seen before. You know, chess, of course, has been tackled in, in other movies and in other mediums. But to have a female protagonist with chess is not anything that's ever happened before. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's I 100% agree. I, I I like that show. I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you on that one. That was a awesome show. Me and the wife actually watched it together because at first it started off as one of my go to sleep shows, but I was just cutting it on to go to sleep. But then I found myself watching it, and I stayed up later. So um, and I just sometimes I couldn't wait to watch it because I it was just so interesting to see. Yeah. where it was going to go next. So, yeah. yeah, and it got me back interested in playing chess as well, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what does, what did Gordy think about this one, Smash? I hated it. Oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I, I was going to throw him alley hoop. No. <laughs> nah, it was, it, it was, a, it was a good show. I mean, you think about, I, I love Anya. What's her name? Anya Taylor Joy, whatever her name is. Yes. I mean, she was. Sometimes you watch shows and, and you think that man, that character really doesn't fit that part, but she really played that part to a T. And it, it was it was a fascinating watch. They they made chess exciting, right? It was like yeah, just chess, yeah. chess is. Pow, your move, pow, your move, pow, your move. That's all it's to it. But but they made chess, they put some drama behind it, right? And it was during during the Cold War when you know women don't women aren't aren't 
in the hierarchy of, of social aspect where, and, and that ties into it as well. It, it, it was a great, it was a good watch. The only thing that pissed me off about it, it was only like what, six episodes. So it was a mini series. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, like six, six or seven episodes. Six seven. Yeah, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't your typical uh, Netflix length. Yeah. But I think, they, I, I think they did that because they probably weren't expecting it to, to make that big splash. They were like, yeah, this is right. about about chess. We've made it as interesting as we can, but we, uh, let's let's leave it at six episodes and see at seven episodes and see what happens. Um, That's true. But but I, I think you guys are right. In Jojo and I, when we did the episode about it, we talked about how they they did their best to to make it about what it was even though it was a female character, but they weren't going for the salacious and, and, and gratuitous nudities and and, right. and, and right. love stories and shit. They made it like, this girl is brilliant. She plays chess and she will kick your ass. Like she doesn't have yeah. to be showing you one boob or whatever. It's just, it's just I mean, that, that was the one thing that, that, that I loved about it because whenever, like, you know, if this if Hollywood makes a movie about uh, Madame Curie, they will choose first of all they will choose the prettiest girl they can find, and then they will, you know, intertwine it with some weird ass story where Madame Curie somehow danced Kang Kang in 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 Paris or some shit and was showing half her her behind. Uh, and, and I hate that because you know Madame Curie was like bloody fantastic, and 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 there's more to her than having being a female scientist. And so that's what we've come to expect from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. And I hate that. But with this show, we saw her for who she was. And whenever she was referred to and she was uh, praised only because of the fact that she was great at chess and she was a female, she was like, yeah, that is just one part of it. Let's talk about me being great at chess. In uh, at chess, and I I love that. Right. Uh, so that, that's number four for us. <laughs> what is you guys number four? Um, yeah. I I would say the neighborhood. I like I like that show because one I like Cedric the Entertainer, and it's it's just a good show. I mean, you you put him. It's kind of like to me. It's like the new age of maybe Archie Bunker and George Jefferson. It's kind of like the new 2020 of that. If you want to say not as, not as in your face as they talked back then, but like that, just that same comedy. So that's why I, that's one of the reasons I like the show, but then I like the cast of characters that they created. Cause you get tired of seeing the same people on different shows. So I really do like this show. Mm-hmm. The neighborhood. Quick the question. neighborhood, CBS. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna ask about that. <laughs> yeah, that CBS is probably our go-to. CBS is our is our go to public network. That they seem to always give you something worth watching, and uh, this is definitely one of this is this for me. Let's call it what it is. Here you got this 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 white couple. Right, 
that only thinks they're from the country, the Midwest white couple moves into the hood of, of South Central, Compton, wherever they are in LA, right? LA, yeah. And there, it, it it gives you the, Cedric Entertainer makes it funny. Max Greenfield makes it really hilarious because of the way, you know, he has that dry humor and then Cedric Entertainer has that over-the-top humor and it seems to mesh really well. You know, and and for me, it's for him to see, you know, Cedric Entertainer get caught in these white situations. Like, we don't put raisins in our potato salad, you know, and <laughs> and he's like, you know, he brings over pumpkin pie. Like, you know, we don't, you know, black folk don't eat pumpkin pie. We don't eat sweet potato pie. So you get that racial <laughs> dynamic that you know it's, it's taboo to everybody, right? But they make it so funny for you and so enjoyable that you don't, it's just you just have to watch it because they're so. On a on a comedic scale, they're on two different ends of the spectrum, and but yeah. they make it they, they blend it real well and makes it an enjoyable watch, you know. So, good explanation. That sounds yeah. that sounds interesting. So, uh, um, so you haven't watched that either, Graham? No, no, dude. Either JoJo? Well, I don't. I don't have the capability. I don't have CBS All Access. So, okay. That, now CBS. All access. That's that's a good one. I would keep that one. Right now, I would keep that one over Disney Plus. Yes, because there's some yeah, hidden shows on there too. Well, okay. so yeah. let me explain how the the whole streaming thing works for us. <laughs> we Uh-oh. have we have sort of like a co op of how. <laughs> so there are some things we have that we've never paid for, <laughs> and so we created this little network where. Uh, somebody has this one, and they give us app, uh, give give me access, uh, and I give them access to one thing. <laughs> and so, no one in my circle right now has CBS access, so that's why I ain't got CBS access. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pull us in the circle, smash. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> got, they want us part of the syndicate. So, uh, <laughs> smash. We have to talk. <laughs> Right. It's I, hear you, I, hear I mean, just for the series, The Good Wife and The Good Fight, just for that series alone, it's it's worth it. It's it's worth it. Because I was like the same way, Graham. I was like, I don't know about CBS Access. And he was like, that's regular TV. Well, I'm gonna pay for regular TV. <laughs> and but once Smash explained it to me and, and you really get into it, there is other content that they're creating that yeah. they will not, they don't advertise it. Right, they don't advertise yeah. it, but it's there, and it's really great quality TV. And it's you're like, damn, they got a new series coming out. I can't cancel this this, this subscription. <laughs> I, I keep trying to cancel it, but then they keep putting something up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's they true. Don't advertise these shows. They don't advertise they don't. it. They don't do anything. It's just it's just there. And then you, if you have access to it, you're like, oh, it's so sweet. Something new to watch. Great. Yeah, and, and- yeah. And if we want to talk about a bit more about the the new streaming services, like I wasn't planning on getting Peacock, right? Because like I'm like, ah, Peacock is just NBC trying to get paid for shit that they've already they've already showed us before. <laughs> they already canceled. <laughs> they've already canceled, right? And so uh, I wasn't trying to get Peacock, but the way they messed with me is because they decided that some of my favorite Premier uh, English Premier League games were going to be only on Peacock. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to get Peacock. 
<laughs> but otherwise, I, I find no other value on, on, on Peacock, to right. be honest with you. Uh, CBS, yes. uh, CBS, what's your name? All Access? I will all, probably all that. try that. Uh, because now that you guys have mentioned a couple of shows that sound interesting enough that, you yes. know, we yeah. it will give us another source, right, Jojo, to to find good shows to talk about, I think. Yep. It's nothing but one, if it's nothing but you get it for a month, just try it for 30 days, the free trial, and then, and watch those two shows, The Good Fight, and The Good, what well, A Good Wife is first, and The Good Fight is the spinoff. Right. Perfectly seamless it's great two great shows two really great shows yeah and i i have a thing for christine baronski so yeah i probably (laughs) (laughs) really yeah dude (laughs) she looks weird (laughs) she's weird and quirky looking and and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah i mean she she, she's she's really like she's weird and quirky looking to me, so I would do. Yeah, I was very happy that she was uh, Leonard's mother on on. Uh, oh, what's what's going? What was that show again? Uh, oh man, Big Bang Theory, my the all-time favorite. Theory. Yeah, yeah, she was That's Leonard's mother. Show. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, Christine Baranski is there now. I like Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's tough. She's tough in the in the Good Wife yeah, and and uh, the Good Wife. She's tough. She's a she plays a tough character, and you you enjoy it. You enjoy. It. She's a good actor, actress. I gotta get on that then. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jojo. Would you like to introduce our number three, please? So for number three, we have little fires everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh. Opinions? No. <laughs> I, I thought it was a good show. Uh, my my wife actually turned me on to that one because she was watching it and to just see how everything came together. It was it was a good show. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I had thought about adding it to our list, but then Go D, like he just said, no. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was a good show. But um, yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't really have um, too much to it was, I haven't watched, I watched the first episode, but I have a, I'm boycotting Carrie Washington right now because her her last season, her last show, I hated to see it end, you know? So I'm really taking it, I'm really taking my frustration out on her is the reason why I really partake in this one that oh, much wow. because. <laughs> that's her petty. Last, I'm going to go ahead and say that's petty, dude. It's, it's very petty. It's, it's definitely it's it's high on a petty scale, but you know some shows you you know you enjoy so much that you just don't want to see it end. And that was one of her shows that I just like. You know what? She played the role perfectly. The they always had a great storyline. Even when it ended, it still seemed like they had it still had life for me. So right. it's it's you know it's I'm taking it out on her, unfortunately. So your feelings, but are it, hurt. yeah, my feelings are really hurt. You know. <laughs> We had we did a we did an episode with a with a director, and uh, she had to explain to me the 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 lifespan of these shows, you know. And it basically came out to go D, you're just being selfish, bro. Stuff just has to come to an end at some point in time, you know. <laughs> I think that that that's that that should be repeated. Go D, you're being selfish, dude. Like 
Let it be real. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just saying, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Yeah, I mean, let so it. we we were surprised that this show didn't make uh, any of the lists that we looked at, um, and we thought it was very good. We mm-hmm. thought it was. We thought Kerry Washington was absolutely fantastic, and uh, we did an episode about it, and we talked about it very highly. It just turns out that I don't know. I don't think people. I think people have the same problem that I have with Hulu. Is that I hate to pay for uh, a content that I have to still suck a couple of commercials on. You know, right. And so, probably, had it been in another uh, medium as opposed to Hulu, uh, let's say Netflix or even Amazon Prime, it probably would have done better. Any? Where? Where? I'm just curious. Where does Hulu rank for you guys in your streaming services? Oh God. Um, like over, we've we've done the podcast for almost two years, Jojo. Any? Yeah. How many episodes? How many episodes have we done of contents that we found on Hulu? <laughs> Not very many, honestly. <laughs> Not very many. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of something you, you almost feel like you sort of I hate to say have to have, but I mean it's bundled in with with a lot of stuff Hulu yeah. is, yeah. and they they do come out every so often with something really good, but a lot of the stuff is just stuff, you know, like. <laughs> It's, it's just taking up airwaves or whatever, but um, I, I I did enjoy Little Fires Everywhere. I thought Carrie Washington was really great in it. I thought Reese Witherspoon's portrayal of a very um, brittle mm. housewife was 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 very good. Um, but I uh, yeah, we I think Hulu's pretty low on our list, isn't it, Graham? Yeah, <laughs> I I just I just don't see the point of like, hey man, um, you paid us for this, but we still need some more money. So would you watch these commercials? I'm like, no, Mm-mm. no. And that, and that's the reason why it ranks low on my. Actually, I wouldn't watch Hulu at all. Um, I get it free. Well, I guess you can say it's free through Spotify as a bundle, yeah. like she said. Right. She said oh, some type of bundle, and then. You know, you watch it, but I'm commercials. Nah, please take them away. It's definitely not the thing for streaming. <laughs> it takes away from the show. It just takes away from the show. First of all, we we all are bingers, right? Right. And then, so we don't like to watch TV, you know, weekly. And then you want to give me a binge with commercials in between? Come on, that's just please, that's fine. Please, please don't. And, and you know, like like broadcast television, the shows are constructed so that they know when the commercial breaks are coming. They're made in a very particular way so that they may even roll a break um, at a time that's almost a cliffhanger. But the way television is produced now, they don't know when those are coming. So you can have a break roll in the middle of, you know, somebody's thought or whatever, and it completely disrupts the whole flow of the show. So it's just, it's not good. That's a good point, George. I didn't even think about it like that. So noble. That is true, man. Like even YouTube kind of like respects you a bit more in that respect because, you know, when when commercials are coming, you know, you kind of see it coming. and, yeah. and, 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 you know, three seconds into the commercial, five seconds into the commercial, 
you can skip it. Freaking Hulu YouTube doesn't even give you that. The worst, They're the worst with their commercials. Just the, even the fact that I have to just wait five, four, three, two, one to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Over thirty minutes, yeah. you watch it. You didn't already see. You didn't hit that. You didn't hit that button like five, six times already. It's like it's it's an it's an annoyance more than it is. I don't even see how they get get advertised off of it because I cl- I hardly ever click on any of those links, if any at all. Yeah. So. Right. But anyway, so Little Fires Everywhere was uh, is our number three, and uh, we were surprised that it didn't make uh, very many lists. But such is life, isn't it? It was on Hulu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the next one, uh, our number. Two on the list is one that we, I think that's where we had the debate, Jojo, isn't it? Where we decided that if Lovecraft was going to make the list or not, and this one, maybe Smash is going to be happy that we chose this one over Lovecraft. (laughs) But again, this is a huge surprise. I'm waiting, I'm waiting now. I want to enter my seat. Like, spit it out. I know, right? Get it out, Graham. Our number two on the list is The Five Bloods. It's the only movie, actually, that has mm. made our list. So, I can dig it. The Five Bloods. And, Jojo, please tell us why, because, like, you are so much better. I'd explaining I was re- reasoning on that one because actually you convinced me he that said, I should be he said our reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we because we did a podcast about it, we did it, we did a show about it, and um, it is I think, the only movie on our list, as you said. I think the reason we chose it is is because. Uh, Partly, it was going to be one of the last times that we ever got to see Chadwick Boseman. Mm. And then you also have the experience of the Vietnam vet, the black Vietnam vet experience that is not something that gets told very often in television. And then you have the director of Spike Lee, and you just have this sort of of perfect storm of of a movie and, and great actors and great storytelling and of course, there's things to quibble about with it, as there is with anything. Um, but I just, I think we both felt that when it came down to it, that for the number two of the year, it just was had so much of an impact as to as to what it was trying to say and what it it offered for 2020. I, I, I had to agree. Like I, I can't argue with uh, JoJo's uh, explanation, and then <laughs> to honor, um, you know, Chadwick Boseman. So I, I hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that. <laughs> this, had we picked movies, this would probably if we included movies, we would, this would probably be in my top. This would definitely be in my top five. I mean, we talked about it the last time we were, we we did a pod together. Um, it explains so much. My father is a Vietnam vet. I remember you saying that. Yes. It explained so much. What he didn't want to talk about, I, it, it explained to me why he didn't want to talk about it. To, to see the portrayal of, of 
what they had to go through through that era of war, um, it made it made it made a lot of sense. It hit home to me, and then I, you know, I had to be like, "Wow!" I, I, now I get it. I get it. And then for them to the disconnect and and its its portrayal of, and Spike Lee's quirky way of his delivering of a show is never yes cinematically in line the way everybody else does things. So you you get that tied into it, and from the story to go from from the past to the present to the future. It, it was it was an awesome watch. It was good to see Chadwick Boseman one more time. But yeah, that, that hit home for me uh, more than just just a movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Not to suck the life out the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no. seriously, we, we, did, we did gripe a little bit about uh, as you all described a very quirky way of spiky, uh, spikely doing things. But again, mm. um, we have the same problem mm. with Tarantino. We have the same problem with uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Why you tell that brother name up like that? <laughs> I, I, it's so many consonants, man. Like, what is this? But again, okay, so... <laughs> he got a hard kitty guard, didn't he? <laughs> Man! But I think we yeah. should all just, you know, shut up and, and, and accept these directors for what they do and mm-hmm. who they and, and the way they do it and uh, let them be and be happy that we actually live in, in an era that we get to appreciate their work. So right, right, this was right. absolutely it's- fantastic movie, right, Jojo? It's not yep. the norm. They're definitely not the norm. <laughs> and it's not like we don't break the norms all the time with the way we podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and so now, uh, right, so before we go to number one, what would you guys put on your number two? Go ahead, go D. This is more. This is really hard. So, I guess I'm going to put the life there for number two. I'm going to put the life there. For um, life. For life. Yeah, for life. I'm going to put that number two because 50 Cent is on a phenomenal roll to, for him to be go from a hip-hop artist to now uh, a movie, a television exec, I guess you would say, and for him to peg this story, and it's a phenomenal story to see God getting framed, he fight back, he didn't let prison take him over, he used it it to his advantage, got his law, law degree, and for him to fight his way out of an unjust situation. And um, and for him to not only do that, but to have a group of writers that can take take that story and develop another story on top of it, right? Where now the stuff that we're watching right now on For Life, it's not even real. It's all fictional. But for them to be able to take that, that guy's story and then twist it and turn it into something that's really, you know, good to watch, it, it's a phenomenal watch. And, and, I don't know how he does it, but 50 cents, he's, he's, 
he's in a sweet spot right now. He's winning right now. And this yeah. is definitely a show that's that's winning for me, for sure. Um, but this show for life, is it the one with Nicholas Pinnock? Yes. Yes. He's playing Aaron Wallace. Yep. Jojo, mm-hmm. we talked about we've talked about Nicholas Pinnock because he is the husband of Marcella on, on the show Marcella. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, he was in another. Oh, he was on on Top Boy, the the first, the very first version of. You, if you remember, uh, Top Boy. He was on that one. Yeah, he was. He was not 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 the one that was recently done, but the one that was done in 2013. It was like the, if you wanna yeah. call it the Gen first of uh, of Top Boy. Nicholas no. Pinnock was was on there. He's a, he's a he's a damn good actor. He's a, yeah, he is. You know, those those Afro British actors are like really really something else, and they're giving us sort of like a masterclass of of and the way they chameleonically get the American accent and work with it is an amazing thing too. That's the yeah. thing how they can take their English accent and make it disappear. Yeah. And then reappear. It's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's hard for us to hard for us Americans to to do it in reverse like they do it. It's like they can yeah. lose their accent and bring it back, and it's, it's amazing. There's no way, no way I can get that English accent, mate. I just can't get it down. Right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying. I keep trying. Keep trying. Yeah, well, <laughs> my accent is actually a soup of <laughs> characters. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bear with me. A lot of people will be like, "Yo, where, where is it?" I'm like, "Look, man, nah, don't get me started with the list." So, um, it actually from the accent from nowhere. Uh, he, but, he's, he's from he's from Georgia, but when once Idrisawa got hot, he tried to pick up his accent. Huh? Yeah. That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I I think when Idris Idris Elba was trying to make it as a DJ in uh, New York City in the early 90s, I was actually hopping around Britain. (laughs) But that's a story for another day. (laughs) All right, then. So we are going to move on. Finally, we've gotten to our number one. And... Ha! We're all curious about this one. So, Jojo, yes. please do the honor. And, and by the way, uh, by the way, I am absolutely one hundred percent behind this pick. So let's let, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> well, you need I was to be a game show host. <laughs> <laughs> you want to spring stuff out, man? Like. <laughs> We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Um, yeah, I I think with this one, because you'd asked me what I thought was the the best show of the year, and uh, I think we like said it at the same time. So, um, yeah, I yeah. may I'm I may destroy you. Yes, <laughs> I may destroy you. Yeah, was... I. Uh, yeah, I've I've never seen anything as raw as that really on television, and as as beautiful and as heartbreaking. And uh, it it was my my pick of the year, and I I'm happy that uh, that Graham enjoyed it too. Yeah, 
So, gentlemen, take it away. <laughs> I, I gotta um, put it on my list to watch. It, it's on yeah. my list to watch, but it's um, you can blame HBO Max for that. You can blame them for that because at one point in time, HBO Max has been on a run with a lot of sci-fi, and I'm not that big of a sci-fi guy. So, and it kind of got lost in the minutia of the advertisement, you know. So you kind of like. It's just got to be another sci-fi type of situation, but it's really not. So, it, you, it, I'm gonna blame this on HBO Max for me missing this one with their their abundance of sci-fi that they're trying to push out right now on their on their streaming service. Yeah, it's not so, sci-fi at all. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. they, you know when it, it launched, yeah. they were advertising all these different things sci-fi. You go check it up. You like sci-fi, sci-fi, yeah. sci-fi, and then here's yeah. a, a, a good show that just slipped through the cracks because as you see HBO Max advertisement yep. oh, must be sci-fi keep it moving <laughs> so I have to put it on my list and if you guys said number, it's number one it definitely definitely has to be a good watch so I'm definitely gonna uh, be yeah. my binge tonight I'm, a, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch this one um, like I, I honestly I had been protesting um, like HBO Max because I was I'm getting tired of all these places adding something plus max. So we have to go buy another stream. So I was kind of protesting until um, I found out I could get it free now. So, <laughs> well, I'm already paying for it. I just, I didn't even know that I was paying for it cause I have HBO. Um, so anyway, but I haven't watched this show yet. Uh, it is on my list cause uh, the wife was talking to me to uh, watch it with her. So it is on my list, but maybe now I have to go watch it since y'all put it at your number one. Cause, uh, if and if it if I don't think it's number one worthy, I'm coming back on your next show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Banging on the door>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I've heard I've heard great things about this, and uh, even when you know y'all had contacted us and I was looking up, like this made a lot of people's number one spot, and I was like, huh. and so it's it's been on my list, so I just got to get in there now, so I I'll do it this weekend. So this is a show that had been kind of looking at me for the longest time. Uh, so every time I went on HBO Max, because it has this really weird uh, uh, thumbnail, right? It shows you this chick, uh, this very, very beautiful black woman with purple hair just staring at you. And I'm like, what is this show about? And then it says, I may destroy you. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> so one morning I was on my way to work and listening to uh, NPR. And they made they did an interview with one of the uh, directors who did one or two of the episodes. And um, I'm like, so I'm just going to take a look at this show. And mm. before I looked at it, I actually told Jojo, Jojo, we're going to, can you look into this one? Because I'm still scared. Like, I, I was still scared. Like, I was, I don't know what to expect, you know. <laughs> and then I went in one episode and two episodes. And I'm like, yo, this is great. This is okay. absolutely great. It is a very raw show, as Jojo said. Um, but it is the greatest um, exposition of fantastic Afro-British actors I've ever seen. Hmm. And 
the surprising thing is that it's on HBO as opposed to, I don't know, Netflix or um, uh, Breedbox or something like that. Because yes. uh, most of the time what happens with British show is that yet once they go big elsewhere, then an American network will buy them. And this mm -hmm. show actually came out and it was exclusively made for for uh, HBO. And hmm. uh, it is an absolute smash. I can, Michaela Coyle is the writer and the, uh, the main actress on this. I, she, I think she's one of the most talented young people out there. Like really, really, absolutely talented. But the rest of the actors, there's no one who plays a role there that minor or not, they all shined absolutely greatly. Uh, I cannot speak well enough about this show. So, uh, okay. I, I, we got to start watching that immediately, Smash. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm like, he's all over him. He <laughs> sold me. He sold me. A reverend esque. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not when you watch with the kids. You don't watch this one with the kids. Oh, this is all really. Definitely um, not. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, but it it's I I love the fact too, and you and Graham was talking about HBO that um the the creator of the show, um she um, she had actually I believe originally gone to Netflix and Netflix didn't want to give her um as much creative control as she wanted and so she was like never mind I just won't do it and um, Netflix uh, HBO. We actually reached out to her. I think someone at Netflix reached out to HBO and were like, you know, this this show, but she won't she won't do it unless she can do it the way she wants to. And uh, HBO reached out to her and were like, hey, we'll we'll give you everything you want if you'll make this show. And uh, and she did. And I I have a lot of respect for her for doing that because it would have been very easy for her to just take okay, it's, it's fine. You know, I'll just, I'll do it the way Netflix wants. And next time I'll do it the way I want to do it. You know, my next show, I'll do the way I want to do it. But this one, she was like, no, I'm telling my story. I'm telling the way I want it told. And otherwise it's just not happening. So um, I think that's another reason I, I love the show so much is because she fought so hard for the story she wanted to tell. And she told such a great story. Hey. Yeah. Hey, I didn't watch it now. It's like, they give all these great reviews on. It's like, but I'm on it now. Like I'm like, <laughs> I might go turn it on right now. <laughs> HBO Max again. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you better get on that, man. Because, uh, like I said, you're missing out. You're seriously missing out. Um, so before we reflect upon uh, this year and call it a day, ladies and gentlemen, lady and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> um So. What would you have picked for your number one? What, what's the greatest show of 2020 yeah. for you guys? Y'all should have went last, the way y'all described it. Uh, for real, they took all the win Because y'all really destroyed us. Like, I may destroy you, yeah, y'all did. Y'all did. <laughs> if this was a battle, we lost. Yeah, I know, right? They dropped the mic. Like, <laughs> well, this is a year of versus... <laughs> They're like, what's your number one, peasants? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's your number one? 
Our number one is Ozark. You got to love the Bird family. Marty and Wendy Bird. It's a hot mess. It's just, yes. you got to love dysfunctional family TV. It's just so great to watch. And <laughs> Season two picked off where season one left off. Yeah where he was just dysfunctional, hiding it, and to see Wendy jump on the train and take the lead role of dysfunction mm-hmm. and, and, she, and try to turn into a bigger gangster than his, her husband, what Marty is. Dude, yes. yes. Awesome TV, bro. Awesome yes. TV. <laughs> yep. This is our number one. It's great. Yes, yes. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, you know, this last season of Ozark... I actually am going to walk away from Wendy Bird and Marty Bird. Right. Uh, and I'm going to... person in real life, you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> I, I'm Probably. going to give all the credit and accolades to one young... Well, he's not that young of an actor. His name is Tom Pelfrey. And the only reason I know this uh, actor is because when I first moved to America, uh, my wife was watching these uh, soap opera that she's she'd watched since she was six years old with her grandmother and i didn't i had never heard of a, of a soap opera that was 70 years old um because you know in latin america soap opera goes between three and six months and then you're done dude like seriously we move on <laughs> But this opera was 70 years old and it was still going. And um, it's called uh, Guiding Light. So my wife used to watch The Guiding Light and I picked up on it because I was a big, you know, novella watcher back in Latin America. (laughs) (laughs) And this kid was just breaking through the ranks in in this show, uh, Tom Pelfrey. And then he was on, uh, I think, the first season or a couple of seasons of uh, Iron... No, no, what was it? Uh, one of the little Marvel, uh, Marvel uh, shows oh, that Netflix oh. tried to do, the one that mashed up with Luke Cage and stuff, the, 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 the blind dude. What was his name? Daredevil? Oh. Daredevil. 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 Right. Yes. So Tom Pelfrey had a couple of appearances in, on that one. But on this season, this just recent season of uh, Ozark, he played Wendy Bird's little brother. Yes. And he yeah. is, uh, he portrays a young man with uh, mental issues. And that was absolutely fantastic to watch, yeah. man. Train wreck. Oh. <laughs> But it his was, acting yeah. was so good. His acting was but, so good. So uh, but that's when you felt for Wendy. Like Wendy, you getting all that you gave out. You getting it right back to your brother. Like he was just yeah, trauma, yeah. Tr- drama after drama. Yeah. It was man, it was great TV. I'm yeah. waiting for season three. It was, <laughs> and, and I feel like that's every true. season we highlight one uh, particular actor. Like we we love Ruth, don't we, Jojo? Yes, yes. <laughs> Love Ruth. <laughs> uh, but, but this season for me was Tom Pelfrey did it, and um, I'm very grateful for his portrayal of, of this yeah. character. 
But yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you as you in your number one. I think you guys mm-hmm. got it absolutely right. Any, um, mm-hmm. uh, yep, Ozark is great. Ozark it is really fantastic. Is. It's one of the best but shows out there. We have we have a hidden number one. Like you know, you have your your bonus. Yeah, our, our bonus. Our honorable mention. It's not even an honorable mention. It just it has to be right because this is the last season of it. Mm-hmm. Shameless. The oh. other dysfunctional family, the Gallagher family. <laughs> oh, that was for eight nine seasons. That has been such phenomenal writing because some of the stuff that they did and some of the stuff that you watch Frank and see how Frank Frank is going to die this episode and he always seems to fight back you know to come back to life he's like that that human cockroach he just never dies (laughs) (laughs) he rolls over look up he just disappeared again on you (laughs) but shouts out to to Seamus this is their last season so it would be Terrible of me not to give him it's it's just doing its last its last run at it. All right, well, you know that's one show that I've I've been seeing around for uh, about ten years now, and I've never watched one episode of it. Uh, but I wow. know Bill H Macy has always been one of my favorite actors because like he mm. flies under the radar, but everything he does, even if it's like one appearance in one weird show, he always manages to to be great at it. Uh, and plus, he's a weird-looking dude too, like small little yes. dude that looks like he's seven hundred years old. And then, when you look at his bio, he's like maybe in his like sixties or something. But listen, that's Graham. If, if of all the shows, it starts off slow, but once it gets to rolling, it's it's a fabulous, it's a phenomenal watch, phenomenal watch. Yeah. And so, with that said, I'm going to give Jojo, uh, please. Uh, we have a little list of honorable mentions, but let's uh, pick one out of that, Jojo. Which which one would you do? Um, I would I would pick because I haven't seen it yet, and I know how much you love it. The Crown. Yeah, <clears throat> I I I appreciate that, Jojo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She threw you a bone. Yeah, man. Hey, hey. Threw you a bone. <laughs> so I think, I don't know if you guys watched The Crown, but I think this fourth season, I mean, I've been I've been a fan of The Crown from the very beginning. And not that I'm, I'm not a royal watcher or anything like that. And none of that crap <laughs> interests me. It is, but I do know uh, much about, uh, the royals for some weird ass reason that you guys probably know uh you know and so um i'm always looking for the actor who is going to portray these characters i'm not talking about real life thing but but in terms of mannerism and gestures and looks as closely as possible and so i find that the show has managed to get the right actors to play the right roles. And every time, and one of the things I like the most about them is the fact that they don't just pull a pile, put a pile of makeup on younger actors to age them. Every season, if, one of, if the characters have aged, what they do is that they recast. 
those characters with people that are of that age, right? So originally the show started uh, with a younger actress playing the queen and a younger actor playing uh, uh, Prince Philip. Um, and then once it got to the part where the queen is like reaching her 40s and stuff, boom, they cast Olivia uh, Coleman for that My part. Wife. <laughs> That is Jocelyn's favorite person on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, Olivia Coleman. It's it's Coleman without an E for some reason. <laughs> and, and she's, she's and, too good for me. She is. Yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, yeah, no E. Uh, I'm Olivia Coleman. <laughs> and then and then uh, the last se- the last two seasons that are coming up. Uh, the Queen is going to be played by another actress that we we know that is very good because we've talked about her this year, is Imelda Staunton. Uh, she was on a show that we recently did uh, from Britbox called uh, A Confession. A Confession. Yeah. So <clears throat> she is going to play the, you know, the Queen in her 50s and 60s. Um, and... It, it, I, I know that it's going to be fabulous. So, but this particular season, the fourth season, was amazing because we got introduced to uh, Diana Spencer, uh, and the actress who played Lady Di was absolutely fabulous, and I, I loved it. And uh, uh, yes. with all that said, I am going to give you guys each one minute to. It was to reflect upon what are your expectations of 2021 and how ready you are to say goodbye to 2020. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies first, let's uh, see. Jojo, what do you think? Uh, let's see. My expectations for television or for 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 what? <laughs> and whatever you want to throw in there. Um, oh, whatever I want to throw. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm very ready to say goodbye to 2020. Um, I don't, I, I'm looking forward to 2021, but I also am being a realist about it and knowing that everything doesn't end on December 31st and suddenly magically everything's wonderful and great and marvelous on January, January 1st. So uh, (laughs) it would be nice. It would be super nice if, if we could all wave a wand and and make that happen. Um, if we could, I think we would have done it by now, but, um, but yeah, I I uh, I am looking forward to uh, to hopefully things being better, to there being a working vaccine, to there being ability to spend time with people that we care about, and uh, to just uh, maybe have some awareness too about the fact that we weren't living in a utopia per se before all this happened um and take some lessons away from what's happened and uh stand up for ourselves and for our families uh and and take some of our own back uh that we lost yeah yeah and i'm not gonna say well said but well said (laughs) really 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 absolutely um so uh in that order, then it's the smash. Um, yeah, for I guess for 2021, just looking forward to like um, what JoJo is saying is getting back to uh, spending time with friends and family, doing some traveling, um, you know, and get out of the house a little bit more. 
because I, I guess I took that for granted um, prior to 2020. And now I think 2020 has just been a bad time for everybody. So I'm looking forward to just getting back to some normalcy. I like some of the new stuff that has been implemented, but basically back to normalcy. And then uh, for as far as movies and um, TV, I'm looking for a good year because I think Hollywood learned a lesson with this uh, 2020 and this COVID environment that, hey, like in case this does happen again, we need to have a stockpile of stuff that we can put out. So even some of the shows that may have never we may have never seen um, before, you know, if this was to happen again, they'll put out or maybe they'll put out just to give it a run. So I'm looking for big things from Hollywood just because I felt like they have been playing catch up all year. So, so that is that is to- absolutely true. You, you're you're right, man. Uh, Hollywood has been playing catch up, and uh, it's like they never see anything coming until it happens. So right, you know, <laughs> you're right. Checks too big. Who cares? The checks are so huge. Who cares? <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> well, then go to you. You are on the spotlight, my friend. Um, my 21, my expectations is, is just to get to some type of normalcy. Um, the new norm, whatever the new norm is, let, let's present that so that we can evolve into that new norm. Um, other than that, um, television wise, I, I'm in love with the streaming era. This this era of TV, which I've always screamed about, why do I have to have cable and have to have all these packages that I'm not going to watch? So I hope the, the evolution of the streaming era takes an even bigger jump going into 2021. Um, and I think it will with COVID and how they're filming things now. I think they see how they can cut corners. Well, not necessarily cut corners, but save on instead of having these these big to do productions and having to go to theaters and and seeing that directly to streaming services is a a, a big norm um i'm not the movie theaters are going to be a thing of the past i believe so i hope that the, i hope that the capitalistic movie goers i mean the movie uh <laughs> captains you would call them i guess don't get greedy and really spoil this for us cuz this is really a good era for us that enjoy watching TV the way that we watch it and to be able to choose and hopefully just build upon that for 2021. Yes. Um, yep. I, I agree with you. I agree with both of you guys in, 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 in all of this, to be honest with you, I think um, directors and movie producers have been the ones who've been left behind in the streaming era because you still have some that refuse to accept mm-hmm that this is, there's a new sheriff in town and it's called streaming. And while I can buy into the notion that uh, some movies are best enjoyed at a movie theater, the fact of the matter is those uh, electronics that were, that are made for homes are simulating uh, very much uh, the, the movie theater to the point where the experience is almost as pleasant. And so, yes, they need to get, uh, you know, back into the into what's going on right now. And I'm encouraged that we've seen uh, big directors like, like Scorsese and Spike Lee um, 
you know, making movies for Netflix. And uh, we've seen Al Pacino, you know, joining the cast of a show that is exclusively for for streaming uh, content. So the, I'm encouraged by that. But I do know that some of them are still not on board. But again, mm-hmm. after that, all of it is about money. In reality, it's not, it, it, it has nothing with um, the with the experience. I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, this end-of-year review with me, Jojo, and the Toka brothers. We hope you keep coming back for more of this Kicking and Streaming podcast. Uh, I want to thank from the bottom of my heart, a big thank you to Smash and uh, Godi for being with us today. And also, of course, Jojo, my eternal my eternal co-hosts. For me, for Jojo, for Smash, and for Goody, this is goodbye. See you next time, and happy holidays to all of you. Thank you very much.